What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 4040 Vision Podcast, the ultimate sports history pod where hindsight is 4040. I'm your host, Colette Abdallah, and I'm joined today by Devin Jackson from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Devin joined us to talk about his first NFL combine that he's covering this year, some of the cool storylines and his favorite things about one of the best events on the NFL calendar. We're recording this podcast on Thursday, March 2nd, and we'll be uh, anxiously awaiting some of the uh, outcomes from this weekend, including the workouts and the guys that we talked about doing their 40 times at bench presses and all that. This was a really fun conversation, and Devin shared some great insight about what it's like to be at the Combine and some of the guys that he's most excited to watch, including some of the guys that uh, the Eagles are, car are targeting, especially because he is a Philadelphia-based reporter. So let's jump right in and chat with Devin. Hey, Devin, thanks again for joining us on the 4040 Vision podcast today. Uh, how's everything going in Indianapolis today, man? Yeah, everything's going well. Uh, we had defensive backs talk today, and, and there were uh, quite a few that obviously are at the top of the draft. Um, and Christian Gonzalez and Joey Porter Jr. I listened to both of their, um, you know, uh, combine interviews, and, and they were fantastic, very engaging, um, very smart and cerebral players that uh, have great play recall and and have a personality about them. You know, we know defensive backs in, in the NFL, especially, uh, you kind of have that have to have that alpha mentality to to last and, and be a top, um, you know, defensive back in the NFL. And, and both those guys seem to fit that mold. Um, so, so everything's going well, and, and I'm I'm enjoying my first combine and, and and taking it all in. Very cool. Yeah, those are two guys that, uh, as a Raiders fan, I would be very excited if uh, you know the Raiders aren't able to grab a quarterback with that seventh overall pick if they're able to grab one of those two guys. So, uh, before we dive too deep into combine talk, I wanted to talk about your career and how you got your start. <clears throat> Excuse me, how you got your start with the Philadelphia Inquirer. And you said this is your first combine. So, yeah, how long have you been with the Inquirer and how'd you get your start there? Yeah, so uh, I've been with the Inquirer since August uh, of 2022. Um, and, and I came from NOLA.com where uh, I did a little bit of everything there, um, but but mostly focus on sports betting, um, focus on, uh, you know, like having like supplemental coverage of the Saints, the Pelicans, uh, LSU, um, and kind of like filling in the gaps in some of those breaking news stories and um, you know, big news and, and social play and, and social talk talkers, um, you know, in, in the New Orleans area. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, just in general uh, with the Inquirer, it was kind of an opportunity to um, be a part of a, a new sports betting initiative. They um, just started it up. We have a partnership with Better Collective um, and, and the Action Sports Network to provide, it, it, essentially they're, they're the ones providing the content on, on betting and and making and predictions and, uh, you know, like overall, like odds, looks and whatnot. And my job is as, to be a producer. So I'm kind of like the middleman in between my company and our, our partnership. And uh, what we do is uh, me and my colleague, Jeff Nyberg, we both uh, kind of split up the duties and, and talk a little bit or, you know, kind of, kind of decide, you know, back and forth. Uh, you know, like who's taking what story and like editing it, editing in, then um, pitching it to our uh, our sports desk. And, and then, then essentially, you know, we try to get like Philly local content and like local teams. So like the Eagles, the Phillies, uh, 76ers, yep. Flyers, um, and, and kind of keep up with all those teams. Uh, but that's what I do kind of day to day. But But in addition to that, I've been able to cover college sports for the Inquirer, so like doing some feature 
stories on some local Philly athletes. Um, and then uh, NFL draft duties came along with that uh, in December. And then I covered the senior ball and then the combine. But but yeah, it's, it's, it's been great, man. Um, I've enjoyed my time with the Inquirer and, and it's allowed me to, to do, uh, you know, have almost like a dreamlike job, you know, being able to cover the draft uh, pretty much on a full-time basis. Yeah, that, that sounds really exciting. I mean, Philadelphia is, of course, as many people know, uh, the sports hotbed. They got all the, the major leagues covered. Um, and it's a big uh, college sports hotbed, especially college basketball. So you got a lot to cover and a lot a lot of things to, to talk about and write about. So uh, you said this is your, your first combine. What are your initial impressions of the event? I hear it's one of the coolest things. People kind of uh, compare it to summer league in the NBA in terms of the the networking and the people that you see. So what's your initial impression so far? Yes, yeah, it's, it's been amazing. Um, I've really enjoyed my time down here, being able to meet uh, with uh, a lot of people I respect a lot in this industry and, and not just the draft industry, but, uh, you know, just journalism in general. Um, getting to, to meet some of the people that I grew up like watching on TV or watching on social media um, you know, like news aggregator breakers like Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, they're down here. Pretty much everyone that, you know, is involved in sports media and especially on the NFL side of things are here at this event. So it's, it's pretty cool to to meet some of the people you've been you've been following for a long time and having conversations with them and um, all of them being pretty receptive. You know, I think it's pretty cool to have kind of that community within a community, you know, like it's Obviously, the, the focus is on NFL draft prospects and, and how they're going to test and interview with teams. But it's also a, a tremendous networking opportunity to really get out of your comfort zone and, and out of your normalcy of life and, and getting to be in the same room as as people that you, you, you know, really look up to in the business. So it's it's a it's a blessing to, to be able to do that. And, and um, you know, it, it's crazy. It's my third day out here and feels like I've been here for a week just with how many people I've gotten to meet and, and how many, uh, you know, players I've gotten to talk to so far. Sure. And have any of these interactions like stood out to you? Is there a particular story or something that you could share about uh, one of these, you know, uh, any of the NFL writers or newsbreakers that you can uh, talk to us about? Yeah. So um, probably one of the cooler ones, like, you know, especially within the draft community is, uh, getting to spend some time with Jordan Reed, who uh, works for ESPN, um, and, and getting to network network with him, getting to see him and meet him, and uh, you know, like talk some some draft uh, takes with him. Uh, it's a pretty cool cool moment. He's someone that you know when I first started, uh, you know, getting to NFL draft content, which was the tail end of the 2020 through 20, 2020 NFL draft cycle. Um, he was someone that I looked to and, and saw his work and the way he delivers content and, and the types of content that he puts out there. Um, he's been a big influence on my career um, and, and just getting to know him over the years. Finally, I saw him the first time in the Senior Bowl, but this was actually the first time getting to, to talk with him and, and really building kind of a, a personal relationship with him. So uh, it was pretty cool to, to talk with him and, and um, you know really get to see him in his element and, and see how uh, he looks at the game and what he focuses on, on things like this. That's really cool. So as a, as a Philadelphia reporter, are you going to the draft or the combine, sorry, with uh, trying to focus on guys that you think that the Eagles might be looking out for, or 
are you there just to cover it from from top to bottom? Yeah. So for me, it, it it's a little bit of both. You know, like for my coverage for the Inquirer, it's all about trying to figure out who the Eagles might select and and you know where they might go with their tenth or thirtieth pick in the first round, um, and, and how that might unfold. But that's all. You know, it's like in the the forefront of my mind and what I want to do. But you know, they're not the only types of players that I'm watching. You know, I'm, I'm taking in the full draft class in general. So uh, players that I like that may not fit, fit for the Eagles and, and may not be a selection for the Eagles or players that, you know, I still take some time to talk to, uh, especially a lot of the guys on, on some of the side tables here in in uh, at the Combine. Obviously, the big name players are going to, you know, get the, the publicity and the shine and everyone's wants to hear from them. But there are a lot of really good players that, you know, people don't pay a ton of ton of attention to maybe just because they, they want to talk to those, some of those top guys and, uh, you know, get, get a chance to talk with them. But, but those guys as well, you know, they're going to end up being like day two and day three picks, um, fill up NFL rosters and, and are just important. So uh, the flip side of that for me is like, you know, some of the guys that uh, I really like their tape and, and understand they they might not go as high as some of these top players. Um, I think that's the best part of it. Having those conversations, because a lot of time you get to, ask three, four questions in a row, you know, and, and don't have to worry about, you know, kind of the scrum and, and whether or not you're going to get a question in. Um, so the, so that part of it to me is, is the most rewarding part is talking to players that uh, you really get a chance to to ask everything you can think of and, and, and really build a relationship with them. Yeah, I think that's one of the really cool things about the NFL is that these day two and day three guys, uh, they might not get all the pub now, but they can end up being, you know, pro bowlers, all pros. We've done a, a bunch of NFL redrafts, and we've had guys, even some undrafted guys that we would have taken in the top 15 or so. Uh, so are there, you mentioned some of these guys that you like their tape. Are there maybe two or three guys that you can tell us specifically that you're looking out for? I'm, I'm big in the mock drafts, so I want to know who I should look out for. Um, players to look out for, uh, you know, that's always a tough question because, like, you know, uh, there are just so many good players in this class, but uh, you know, like personally for me, um, you know, over the last couple of days, a couple of guys that have stood out to me just talking with and uh, getting to hear their answers. Uh, Jair Brown from Penn State, safety, um, really talented player uh, with a lot of ball production, forced 15 turnovers over the last couple of years at Penn State. Um, but but what was really cool is with talking with him. He's also a guy that came from Lackawanna Community College, the same that same one that uh, Jaquan Brisker for the Chicago Bears now came from. And they have a really good relationship and real tight re- relationship uh, together. And, and it was and I got to ask him about that. Um, and, and he gave me a, a really nice, long answer about, you know, how the, the culture there, Lackawanna, really, uh, you know, produces winning teams and, and players that. Uh, you know, go off to their next stop and, and really become playmakers. Uh, and he was a, another one on that list after Brisker did it uh, just last, or just a couple of years ago. And he, he followed the same path, and um, and, and now they, they have a tight relationship, and, and both of them are going to be uh, safeties and, and potentially starring safeties in the NFL. So that one was a cool one that I got today. Uh, yesterday I talked with Colby Wooden from Auburn. Uh, defensive in or defensive tackle. He played uh, both at Auburn. Uh, he started out his career at defensive end, but they they asked him to move inside, and 
uh, focus a little bit more on, um, you know, creating pressure from the interior and, and shooting gaps. Um, so I got to ask him about the versatility of his game. Like, how do teams view him? Uh, you know, or is he a, you know, a 3-4 a defensive end? Is he a 4-3 a uh, defensive end or, or possibly a, a three technique? So, uh, you know, getting to, to, to hear what their, the players think of themselves, what uh, teams might play them, um, you know, were – were, uh, you know, really reward, rewarding. And I'll give you one more. Uh, Jaquan Martin from Illinois, defensive back. Uh, obviously, Illinois has a couple talented defensive backs in Devon Weatherspoon and Sidney Brown, both uh, very talented players. But, but Martin was a guy that really impressed me and, and popped off on tape and uh, a potential nickel at the next level. But, but teams also are looking at him as a safety. So he's another guy that has some positional versatility and, and really – showcase his ability um, on tape and, and, and should do the same here in, uh, in Indianapolis. Yeah, I did see your, your interview on Twitter with him. It was really cool that you were able to to dive in a little bit with him. I think I think I get what you're saying with some of the guys that are on the side tables that you can have more in-depth conversation with than, you know, somebody like a CJ Stroud or Bryce Young or whatever. Um, and Wooden was a guy that uh, I have circled on my mock drafts as, as a guy that um, – I'd love for the Raiders to take a chance on because of that positional versatility. And when you talk to these guys about the versatility, I think some folks can see it as a weakness, like a, you're, you're a jack of all trades, master of none. So how do these guys generally approach it when when teams ask them, you know, what position do you see yourself in the NFL? Because, you know, we see guys that play safety and linebacker or, like you said, a three technique or, or an edge. So how do these guys usually approach it when teams are asking them these questions? So I'll tell you a, a kind of a scouting gem that I got from um, Al Washington, who is now the linebackers coach at Notre Dame. Um, a couple of years ago, I talked to him uh, in 2021 when he was coaching linebackers at Ohio State. He coached Pete Warner and Barry Browning, um, Justin Hilliard, um, a really talented group. And when I did a one-on-one interview with him, he said the one thing that he stressed to his guys is having marketable uh, a marketable skill set. So having a skill set that you can play a variety of positions and be valuable in more than just one spot. And we saw how that has worked out for Baron Browning. Uh, he played Mike at Ohio State. He played uh, off ball. Uh, he played as a pass rusher. And now for the Broncos, he, he is playing kind of that Micah Parsons role. Um, so to get back to your original question, I think versatility is the name of the game. Let's be realistic. There's only 53 active roster spots, and you have to be able to do more than just cover. You have to do more than just, um, you know, defend the run. You have to be more than just, you know, uh, rushing the passer. You have to have a full skill set to, to be a long-term NFL player. And, and that could be a career backup. That could be a depth guy. But – you cannot. Uh, I don't want. I don't want to. You know, say you can't be one-dimensional, but it it would behoove you to to not be a a multifaceted player. So I think you know that that argument that the versatility aspect could be a negative thing. I think it's a, a huge positive because you think about the players that are selected at the top of the draft every year. They are guys that can do multiple things for a defense for an offense. Um, 
and they're and if not, they're they're very premier at the position that they do play. So you you have to keep that in mind when you know uh, people are, are worried about where a player might play. It only takes one team, you know, to to believe in you and, and understand your skill set. And uh, I think that mindset, you know, kind of speaks for itself in terms of the value of versatility. Yeah, that that makes perfect sense. It's about like you said, and uh, making yourself valuable and taking multiple roles, because just like you said, there are only 53 roster spots. So if you can do more than one thing, well, even if you're not the best at it, if you do multiple things, well, then you kind of uh, help out the coaches and be, you're able to take on multiple roles with gen- just one roster spot. So that's great. Uh, so when you're out there, I mean, what what's your approach to coverage there? Like, how do you allocate your time? Are you, uh, you know, building it around the interviews of different players? Are you trying to make sure you attend certain workouts? So how do you allocate the, you know, the eight or eight or 10 hours a day that you're given uh, at the combine? Yeah, I think uh, for the most part, I try and um, think about, you know, who people want to hear from, you know, especially like in the NFL draft community. Um, But not only that, just like figuring out you know, players that the Eagles may be selecting or who, what, what does the history say about their draft status or, or you know, like uh, draft history? Like what are their tendencies? And like trying to find the best way to, you know, a mix between like players that, you know, kind of creates buzz around the fan base, but also finding ways to, really try and, uh, you know, dig into who they might select. Because, like, for the Eagles, you know, specifically, there's a good chance they'll take a defensive back. And, and they met with a couple of defensive backs already, uh, met with a safety, met with, an, uh, you know, a safety hybrid. So they're, they're definitely looking at secondary players. You know, they've already showcased that. So to me, it's like using some of your context clues and, and figuring out what what does the – you know, kind of track record is saying or, or what a player saying and who they're meeting with like that. That's I think that's an important part to to, to you know, it's not like the they're going to select them, but they're starting to build a relationship with them. So like figuring out like the the tendencies, uh, you know, of teams, but who are they're meeting with, who they're spending their time with, I think is an important part of, of building that content. But also like highlighting great stories, too, you know, like there are so many good stories I already have from just two days of, of interviewing players that I'm going to be able to go back to that and, you know, possibly build on that and, and have that, you know, kind of, I don't say in my back pocket, but like, you know, as information gathering in terms of like, if these guys were to get selected by the Eagles, I know this, this, and this about them. So like really is it, you know, it's going into like collecting as much information as you can. And, and it's kind of like similar to NFL does, you know, like they're taking in a lot of information, a lot of players, backgrounds and histories and medical histories and uh, how they view the game and, and their philosophy, whether they like, you know, uh, outside of football, you know, uh, like in the locker room. So this process really is an information gathering, um, you know, focus, but but it also is an opportunity to really create some unique content down here and, and really getting to know the players and and really engaging in it too. So to me, uh, my favorite thing about being in sports media is the, the stories that you're able to tell. And, and I've already, you know, 
learned some great stories that, that I can't wait to share, you know, over the next couple of months. Is there one that you could, I know you don't want to spoil some content that you got coming up, but is there maybe one small story that you could share with us? Something that, that sticks out in your mind? Um, yeah. So, um, Keanu Benton, Wisconsin defensive tackle. He is a guy that is very impressive. Um, he was telling us about, he was the first player from his high school to go division one in football. Um, and, and, and he grew up in like the Janesville area of Wisconsin. And he thought that, you know, scouts were, or not scouts, but recruiters weren't going to come out to the school because it's such a under recruited school, but he was able to get that division one offer from Wisconsin and, you know, become the first player in his school's history to, to go division one. And I think that's just a prime example of like, a lot of these guys are, you know, like of course, like he's like one of like 319 players here, but like it's so cool to hear things like that, like, you know, things that they will keep with them forever, you know, and even if his NFL career doesn't end up being a Hall of Fame caliber career, he still has left a a, a mark and legacy on that community and, and that town, you know, just with him become a potential draft pick too, so... I think it's pretty cool to to hear things like that, that players are are the first, you know, of, you know, something very specific to them, but, you know, something that, you know, people aren't going to talk about a ton, but, but it's just something cool to know about them. Yeah, that, that's very cool. And I, I I think that acknowledging for, for a guy like him, I think he's probably looking at like being a day two pick or something, but even for all the guys that, go to the combine if, if they don't get drafted or if they get drafted and their career only lasts for, you know, a couple of years or even a year, they're still one of the, you know, they're in the 0.01% of, of people in this country that play football. So I think it's an incredible accomplishment for them even to be at the combine in the first place. So it's really cool that you get to hear some of these stories and, you know, guys that have, they may not be heralded coming out of high school. I've read a lot about guys that were like, you know, one, two or no star recruits. And we hear about those guys all the time that, kind of pick themselves up from out of nowhere and turn themselves into stars. And it's cool that you're kind of on the ground floor getting to hear from these guys, uh, the stories early on before they, they go on into the NFL. So uh, you talked about the Eagles and some of the guys that you think that they're going to be looking at. Um, they got a big off season coming up ahead of them, you know, with the, the Jalen Hurts uh, extension likely coming up. Uh, what do you think is in store for them this, this, uh, this off season? Do you see them, you know, trying to reload and make another run? Or are they going to do a little bit more of a, of a rebuild because of all the, the potential free agents on the team? Yeah, I, I think, you know, um, it's, it's certainly going to be an interesting offseason because, you know, you get to this point and you think about, like, all of, you know, the, the – the work that they did during the 2022 season and how they came so close to winning the Super Bowl. I think there's definitely going to be some changes for sure, you know, especially along the, the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, just some of my early guesses would be they're probably moving on from James Bradbury, probably wants a big contract. Uh, Miles Sanders is probably another guy that potentially moves on and goes to another team. Um, and they're not going to be able to resign all of Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, and, and Brandon Graham. Like, it, it's a small possibility, but but certainly not 
a large possibility in my opinion. So defensive side of the ball is going to need some upgrades. They're going to have to rely on some either younger players or uh, some new faces to to come in and, and, and assist, but also within the team development. You know, Jordan Davis could possibly take the next step, uh, you know, in his development. Um, N'Kobe Dean could be seeing more snaps at linebacker for the Eagles. So, like, they're in a precarious situation where if they plug, you know, plug in and reload, you know, they could make another run, you know, just because the foundation is built with Jalen Hurts probably getting locked up to a nice contract this offseason. Uh, you got A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith locked up for for, for a little bit. Uh, Dallas Goddard, too, as well. Uh, offensive line may have some question marks. We'll see what Jason Kelsey does. Lane Johnson entering the, the final stages of his career. So the foundation is there for them to still be a really good pro, uh, football team and, and still compete for championships. But I think it's going to be about, you know, pushing the right buttons and, and be able to to get players that can can immediately contribute, but but also like looking for the long-term development because you want to stay relevant, not just for a, a two, three year window, but um, as long as you can, if you if you have a, a quarterback, you're, you're going to be paying uh, big time money. Yeah, I think I think they have two of the biggest questions answered, you know, in team building with the, they have a, a great quarterback, obviously, in Jalen Hurts, and they have uh, a coach that has shown he's he can, you know, handle the big game and, and get them to where they need to get in Nick Sirianni. So I think those two big question marks are crossed off. So I think that makes them a kind of a premier destination for some of these free agents. And they've had a great track record in the draft recently. You know, just the fact that they were able to, to steal Jalen Hurts in the second uh, when he was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL this year. So, you know, is there anything specific about the Eagles scouting or draft philosophy that you've picked up on in the last few years uh, that you can share or anything that you've picked up on this year that maybe give us a clue or a hint on as to why they're so successful in the draft? Yeah, I think for them, they they are very particular about the positions they go after early in the draft. Um, you know, the track record suggests that they typically take offensive linemen, defensive lineman, edge, um, receiver um, in, in the first round. Like they either go trenches or receiver, um, and, and, and they kind of avoid taking an early round linebacker. They, they avoid taking early round running backs. Um, and, 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 you know, like even corners as well, they, they like day two and day three corners. So that is what the history is told, you know, at least under Howie Roseman. Um, he's not a guy that, that values running back super high, but you have a couple of decisions to make, obviously, in this draft. You know, you got B. John Robinson at, at the top of the running back room, uh, you know, for, for the NFL draft. Um, and, and the defensive back, you have three to four big names uh, at the top of it that are worth first-round selection. So it could be a buck in a trend in 2023. We'll see. Um, but it's certainly you expect – within the first two to three picks, they're going to address uh, a potential corner need, maybe an edge need. Um, but they love the trenches. So to me, I think I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, when one of their first three uh, draft picks, they uh, they potentially take off into linemen. That's just their MO. They're, they're all about building in the trenches. And, uh, you know, that's just something I picked up on, on just looking at their draft history over the years and, you know, not selecting a, I think first round running back since like 2005 or six 
and then not selecting a first round DB since Lito Shepard in 2002. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I did, definitely didn't realize that, uh, but it makes sense. That's kind of the this modern era of the NFL where they devalue the the running backs and the linebackers. I mean, a lot of teams, their defensive formations, they're playing two linebackers on the field. And most of the teams that are successful, they don't end up paying their running backs all that much uh, because it's, uh, I don't want to say a, a, not not a high value position, but it's a position where you can find value later in the draft or later in free agency. And if you have that great offensive line, which they definitely did last year, they probably had the best in the league. They were able to have a, a great running game regardless of who was back there. I mean, Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott were out there, you know, rushing for five, six yards a clip. So uh, their philosophy is, is is very much the modern look in the NFL, and it makes sense why they've been so successful uh, in the past few years. So uh, before I let you go, I mean, is there a are there any particular offseason or draft storylines that you're especially excited about? Maybe it's the how many quarterbacks go in the top five or top 10, you know, just as an example, but yeah, is there anything that's specific that you're looking out for or excited about this, uh, this weekend? Um, I think I'm excited to see some of the top quarterbacks perform uh, with on-field drills. Uh, obviously Bryce Young isn't, but uh, seeing Anthony Richardson fully test and, and throw on the field, I think it's going to be fun um, along with Will Levis and CJ Stroud um, and, and really comparing them kind of side by side, you know, in terms of like who has the best zip and, and who has the best touch and who has the best accuracy and things like that. So I think it's going to be fascinating to watch, um, to see like how those different styles of quarterback are going to be viewed by NFL teams and, and whatnot. Um, so so that's probably one of the, the obvious easy answers, but, but I, I think it's is certainly one that, that I'm excited to watch. I'm going to be in the building, you know, like get, getting to see them from the stands, uh, you know, be able to do those things. So I think it's going to be really cool uh, to see that up close and personal. That's awesome. Yeah, and I'll be looking out for your your videos and your content. Uh, we really appreciate your time today, Devin. Thank you for hopping on. I know you're super busy this week. Uh, so thank you. We really appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Um, you know, kind of great to, to reflect on, you know, the first couple of days and, and really have some time to sit down and take it all in because it moves so fast and, and there's so much going on that, you know, you don't really get a chance to, to sit down and, uh, like, take it all in and, and realize, you know, how cool and, and unique this opportunity is. So I appreciate you having me on, man. For sure, for sure. I'm glad you were able to, to do that reflection with us. And, Uh, Hopefully we'll have you back on at some point to talk about uh, the NFL season and anything else that you want to talk about. So cool. For sure, man. Looking forward to it. Once again, a huge shout out and a big thank you to Devin Jackson from the Philadelphia Inquirer for coming on the 4040 Vision podcast to talk about his experience covering the NFL Combine. It's one of my favorite events on the NFL calendar, and it's something that uh, I look forward to watching along with all the other NFL addicts and football junkies out there. So we hope you guys watch that as well, in addition to, of course, listening to this podcast. So make sure to follow us on all of the major social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, at 4040VisionPod, and just about anywhere you find podcasts, we're there. So make sure to follow, like, and subscribe, and of course, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever it is. We appreciate you guys listening to us today, and thank you for your time. Peace out, y'all.